0: And, oh, okay, I forgot about her, she's more annoying. (laughs) Okay, good morning again. I want to start by um, talking about what I've been going through with respect to our Um, hybrid service uh, in person and virtual and um, my thinking has been um, revised by an email that I received from Michelle which was quite fascinating Uh, and it was probably fascinating to you as well uh, the email began because we had requested uh, comments and feedback from people in the Sangha. And the, the email began, in effect, I, I really don't want to change. I don't want to leave the Zoom people behind. Uh, that I, I want to continue what we're doing now. So basically she was saying, No, (laughs) no, Uh, this plan for splitting the Sangha, uh, having a strictly Zoom service and a strictly personal service, no. Uh, But in the course of her saying no, which on some level could be, as I noted in our reminder, no is a complete sentence. Uh, period. No. Uh, There's no need for any explanation. But, Michelle tried to go on to explain why she was saying no. And in the course of her effort to explain, she came up short and said, wait a minute. I've just discovered that I'm attached. (laughs) I'm attached to the way I'm attached to Ramon. I'm attached to the people (laughs) on the screen. Um, And this is really why I don't want this to change. And there was a discovery that her no was based on an attachment. A personal, a personal preference. And so not only was that a moment from my point of view of personal realization, there was a moment of enlightenment there. Suddenly I realized I'm attached. In, in the course of being attached, I see that I am attached. But not only did she see that she was expressing a personal preference, but by being aware of that, she made space for the possibility that there was another way of making a decision beyond personal preference. And what she said was, I think I remember this correctly, Maybe it isn't in accord with your vision. That is, my personal preference may not be in accord with your vision. And I think you were talking about me mm-hmm. uh, as as a Dharma teacher. That that it was possible to make a decision and to uh, express a view that wasn't strictly based on your personal preference. So um, this is a question that I actually have been struggling with. Um, How do I decide beyond my personal preference, Mm -hmm. which is no, (laughs) no Zoom. My personal preference is I don't want to be bothered by all of that, all of this, all of this rigmarole. Um, so Michelle's email actually woke me up to my personal preference and wondering how do I cope? How do I answer this question? What what is beyond my personal preference, what is best for the Dharma? What is the best, not what anyone in particular feels, this is what I want, but what is best for the teachings? What is is the best way to maintain the integrity of the Dharma based on this, this decision that we have to make? So I tried to figure it out. And these are some of the things that I I struggled with. A lot of our Sangha members have advocated for continuing the Zoom because the Zoom makes it possible for more people to be engaged in the teachings, in our Sangha to participate. In response to that, I wondered whether this practice is about, in effect, collecting students, collecting people. Is this really about the more people we have, the more the dharma is going to be served. And I I said to myself, no, it isn't about more people. Uh, It's not about collecting students and it's not about collecting money. (laughs) Um, Although those are wonderful things, (laughs) but those aren't good enough reasons Uh, This, this practice is not about accumulating, you know, we're not, we're not seeking to be a mega church, you know, and recruit more and more people. I would be totally satisfied in serving the Dharma to have a few really serious students, (laughs) as opposed to 30 people who are just curious, (laughs) or just dabbling, or her just, you know, surfing. So that really this this notion of having more people really didn't fly very, very far with me. So um, the other, uh, the other aspect to this advocacy was the teachings will be transmitted to more people. More people will be exposed to the teachings if they are able to come on Zoom. So I wondered about that too, that these teachings are really, from my point of view, the transmission is what we call hand, warm hand to warm hand, warm heart to warm heart, not screen to screen, but intimate. These teachings are transmitted intimately so that we can feel each other's presence. So this intimacy for me as a Dharma teacher is very, is core to transmitting the teachings, the fact that a lot of people just appear on a screen, I don't, I don't feel that kind of transmission, that kind of intimacy, it feels distant to me, very different, you know, sitting here together and looking at the screen is very different. Not saying that we shouldn't do it, but I'm I'm trying to explore what's involved here. So Zoom makes it easier. Zoom makes it easier for people to participate, right? You, You can do it from the comfort of your, of your home, of your bed. You don't have to really meditate when, when everybody is here meditating. Uh, you can move around, you know, it's just easier. Well, I'm not sure that as a Dharma teacher, I wanna make things easier for people. Um, I do want to advocate sitting with ease, sitting with ease. But just making things easier? Mm, I don't know about that. Uh, Rich mentioned the paramitas. One of the paramitas is virya. Effort, energy, dedication. That's a perfection of practice. To make, to put the energy into practice. And on the eightfold path, there is right effort it's not easy this is not an easy practice and if all i were doing as a dharma teacher were making it easy for people i wouldn't feel i wouldn't feel i was doing my job i wouldn't feel that i was i was really serving the dharma in the best way that i could It also keeps people from making the effort to find a local Sangha, to find people who can sit together um, and support each other energetically. Um, When we are present to one another with our full body and spirit, we help each other sit. The fact that I'm sitting next to uh, Michelle, uh, and and I'm holding her sitting, <laughs> and she's holding mine. We we help each other directly, directly, not indirectly, not you know, not on a screen. So being present, helping each other energetically is important, and that can be done locally. Ramon started his own sitting group, you know, if you, if you don't have a Sangha near you, start sit, that's how I started. I started with a friend, just sitting together. That's how this all started. So if you don't have a local Sangha, start one, start a small sitting group. And number, number of my students have done that. And it's been beautiful. Okay. So, um, people have said, my bedroom is my Zendo. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the Zendo is everywhere. (laughs) You know, you don't need need a, a practice place. You know, I can sit in my room, in my kitchen, in my, you know, I can sit anywhere. Well, eventually, fundamentally, that is true. But there is a difference between coming here, which is a place specifically dedicated to practice and to the teachings and being in your ordinary environment. When we come here, we leave our cell phones at the door We leave, presumably, our chatter at the door. We leave a lot of our ordinary busyness and our ordinary lives at the door. Why are we bringing Zoom in? (laughs) You know, why, why are we bringing Zoom in when our cell phones aren't here? Why are we bringing this huge technological presence into this practice place? Is the Zendo just a prop for Zoom? Is it, is it a backdrop? You know, is that, is that what it is? That's not why I built this place. This place is a practice center where people make the effort to get themselves here, be present, support one another, body, spirit, and spirit, soul or whatever you want to call it and be together to be together in full presence this is different from the supermarket this place this is different from your kitchen it's not separate it's not separate they're all connected but it is different and it's a different experience and i think you know, you you haven't been here before. Are you Char- Char- Charla? Yeah, Charla and Kaylee. Kaylee. Kelly. Kaylee. 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 H H. Uh, Kaylee Kaylee. Yes. <laughs <laughs> yeah, you've been on, on Zoom. <laughs> I know you. <laughs> but yeah, is is it, is this not different from <laughs> from from being on Zoom? Okay. So so okay um zoom technology and i've heard this a lot you know this is the new way of communicating this is is 21st century communication this is the new thing well if zoom communication is the new thing then not zoom communication is even newer is an even newer thing I can make that argument. The fact that it's new, I can supersede that and say this is newer. (laughs) Right? That's not a sufficient. It's not a sufficient argument. So many of us are, including me, are people pleasers. As a dharma teacher, I. I've noticed relative to other colleagues and Dharma brothers and sisters who are teachers, um, I'm a marshmallow. (laughs) I just want to please everyone. (laughs) You know, I I just want to please everyone. Uh, And and your personal preferences, I, I want to be able to fulfill them. And I remember uh, one time when an old teacher of mine was giving a workshop here, and he would come periodically to give uh, weekend workshops, weekend retreats, and we would have lunch. And after lunch, uh, someone would have to volunteer to do the dishes. And we didn't do orioki at the time. And I would always volunteer. I'll do them, I'll do them. Because I wanted everyone to enjoy the woods, to take a nap over lunchtime. You know, I just, I wanted to please everyone. So I'll do this. And after a number of weekends like this, where I was doing the dishes every weekend, my teacher said, come here. He said, "I never want you to volunteer again." Mm. He said, "You are being greedy." Mm. Whoa, greedy! Mm. I'm being like selfless, <laughs> you know. I'm sacrificing myself, you know, for for everyone. Being myself. Uh-uh. You're you're taking way too much you are not allowing other people to give Mm -hmm. to make the effort i sat with that for a long time because i was really insulted no i mean i'm not greedy yeah i was greedy i was taking taking all of the all of the responsibility all of the praise all of the oh yeah she's I was martyring myself. <laughs> so that is, not, that is not a good reason for continuing to do this the way we're doing it. That I just want to please everybody. Um, however, so all of these this um, monologue I was having with myself, Resulted in no, no. Period. Not doing this. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let Andrea and Ross um, have their, have their experiment. <laughs> but I've decided, no, this is not gonna happen. Uh, I don't care how many people appear on that screen. How easy it is for them how you know how nice they'll think i am or whatever no however michelle's email really woke me up and i had to pull back and and ask myself how much is this An actual expression of my commitment to the Dharma and what the Dharma needs and how much of it is my narrow interpretation of the Dharma. Which fundamentally amounts to my preference. (laughs) (laughs) It's just my attachment to the way the Dharma should be taught and the way it should be transmitted. So this is why Sangha is so important and is so important to me because I don't think I would ever really have examined this without Michelle's help, without her realization, without her moment of enlightenment. So now my question is, is this wall, that we, we, we read the mending wall, is this wall that I have experienced as the wall between in-person and virtual and my sense that we're separate and I don't like that. You know, it doesn't feel right to me that this wall has separated us, this technology has separated us. Even though it feels like it has connected us, it doesn't feel that way to me. Um, can Can this wall be a mending wall? Can this wall be a place where we can meet instead of a place which Keeps us apart. Sometimes neighbors meet at the wall, (laughs) Mm. fences. They keep things out, they separate, but they can also be a meeting place. So that's my question now. I'm leaving space for the possibility that this separation, this wall can be amending, can be bringing us together in a way that preserves all of the, the commitments that I have as a Dharma teacher to how to transmit the Dharma. So, I'm open now to the possibility of there's maybe there there is a way um, that we can do this. We'll see. I'll we'll see. Okay, we're free. (laughs) We're free to to speak. Oh, wait, wait, not yet. yet. (laughs) Oh, not yet. (laughs) I just changed, I I just changed the view. Okay.